Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. And a very pleasant good Thursday to you. Welcome to Padres Social Hour as we wrap up our week with this evening's show. Thank you for joining us. We've got a fun one for you coming up. We will visit with Robert Flores of the MLB Network. And in addition to that, we will do what we did last Thursday, which is visit with uh, two of my favorite people in the world, Don Orsillo and Mark Grant, the TV voices of your San Diego Padres on Fox Sports San Diego. They've got their uh, second virtual Padre telecast coming up uh, tomorrow at 530. Uh, I believe it is the Giants and the Padres at Petco. Denelson Lament and Johnny Cueto, the scheduled starters. You never know. They're just probables. Obviously, you know, injuries and, and things that somebody could get scratched. But that's who we're expecting to see in that video game tomorrow night. Uh, wonderful to, to see you both again. Mudcat, how are you? I got nothing. <laughs> this is the best broadcast we've had yet. Really good stuff. Get him out of here. here. Yeah. Next. We just get rid of that box. Hey, <laughs> hey Donnie. So uh, unnecessary. Oh, how he's many, back. Uh, how many years you've been married? What's that? How many years you've been married? Uh, nine today. Really? How many happy? All of them. Come on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. <laughs> oh, such a good show for a while. <laughs> uh, what happened? Did you get right the plug in there, uh, what? What's that? Did you forget to plug in or something? Or? No, I'm in. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. We hear you great. Yeah. I, I, I haven't touched anything. Okay. Do you know your top button is button? Yeah. Do you know yours is and Jesse's are unbuttoned? <laughs> yes. Okay. I think we should all go top button. <laughs> I, hey, yeah. Look, Friar Faithful out there that are watching, tweet us, whatever, if you're on whatever face. Terrible. No, it looks good. Yeah. It's a good look. Terrible. It, it, awful. Don, it'll co- like cover up Shawshank your neck Redemption fat. It'll, look it'll, like. You it'll know? cover up your neck fat if you go like if you. <laughs> I, I'm not comfortable with this. I really. This I. I oh should no! 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 Oh, that's a good look. No, it's not. I I should point out by the way, a version of this conversation happens. 130 times a season. <laughs> Yes, because he always comes in with his his uh, thing buttoned to his neck. Yeah, and I always say, I think, you know, like, I think it's, he it's, may not realize that it's it's buttoned. So it's, I'll say, hey, you know, your buttons, but like if your collars are up by mistake or one collar is, you go, hey, collar, you know, because if your friend's not going to tell you who is, so I well, always say, hey, so you know, why is there a top oh, button? Top buttons button. So why is there a top button? Uh, I think it's a fashion thing. It's it's, uh, it's one of those the rest of the shirt. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. It's there to your availability. I disagree. But. If you can do it, do it. Um, you look good, though. Thanks. <laughs> you guys look great. <laughs> Jesse, did you get a haircut? We're all apart. What's did that? You did you get a haircut? Not yet. Uh, Clippers came in the mail. I think we're going to do it tomorrow night. We're very Clippers puffy. came in the mail. How'd they all fit in your house? What? How many? Hey. 12 of them? Uh, so, yeah, we're going to do DIY haircut tomorrow night. What was that look wow. for, Hilo? You gave me that look. Why did you give me that look? You're talking to me? Yeah. I didn't give you a look. I was like, because Jesse said the Clippers came in the mail. I said, well, how'd they all fit in your house? Whole team. Yes. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, Save yeah, it. Kawhi, <laughs> all of them. They're all here. Funny. That's funny. Even Chris <laughs> Paul. 19 more. Amuse you. I'm out of my laugh track. 19 more. It's not right funny. Beyond. It's not funny. Five percent. Five percent funny. Yeah. One out of 20 jokes. So I, I see, by the way, Mud, you still have your picture of Don over your shoulder. That's very nice. Yeah, so right. I, thought, I thought perhaps by now he might return the favor. Actually have. Oh it's not full-time. It's okay. only part-time. But <laughs> I got a picture of Mud now. It's one of my favorite pictures of Mud in his big glasses. <laughs> Why he has these big glasses, I will never know. It seems like a lot of glass. It's like a display table of glass. <laughs> but he insists you know that he can see everything better like this. Because so, it's awesome. <laughs> but I have a picture of mud in everyone, every room of my house now, and this is the one I have here in uh, these, this back room. I got these about 10 years ago. 
fantastic. Uh, because uh, <laughs> these, these are the same, not the same frames, these frames, but the same style that Harry yeah. Carey wore. And they're also the, the the glasses that Elliot Gould wore in Oceans 12, I believe. And my friend and, Bobby De Niro. And Bobby De Niro. Don's good friend, Bobby De Niro. Oh, yeah. in the Casino. <laughs> Casino. Yeah. It's great. Really good. So now uh, can you get a little Harry Carey while you got it while you got him on? No, maybe I'll surprise you later in the show. Oh, yeah, just throw him on and do a little Harry Carey. Yeah. So yeah. This is uh, all right. So again, these guys uh, with their virtual telecast. What are we calling that officially, by the way? Uh Friar Fridays. Okay. Friar Friday. Yeah. Uh, so you Friar got the Friday. tomorrow Padres and Giants, uh, Lament and Cueto scheduled to go. We'll see. Gabe Kapler, he's tricky. You never know. He might, <laughs> might he, he I have a feeling he's gonna be gunned up for this game. Oh, he's, oh my gosh, he's gonna be so yeah. jacked. He's, no he's probably gonna jacked. do pushups. Is, no is video game, do we know? Does anybody know? Is video game Gabe Kapler yoked like the real life one? Is, we'll have they, to wait and see. Uh, he, I can confirm. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing yeah. that. I How watched another virtual do you think he Giants do? game recently. So Yeah. Oh, who hasn't? Yeah. Right. Uh, how, do you, how, many, <laughs> how many push-ups do you think he could do, Donnie? Uh, I watched him. I I watched him actually do push-ups when I went into his office last year and won a game that we were doing, and uh, we went in. And he had to finish his push-ups before we could have our managers meeting. It's the like first Ron Burgundy. I've ever seen do that. It's like Ron Burgundy during the curls. Ooh, 997. Oh, I'll be there in a minute, guys. And he just kept going. I'm like, wow, this is. It was impressive, though. I mean, he's he's in really good shape. <laughs> Don, I want to see you. There's a little. I want to see you do a real push-up. Yeah. Right by that table right there. No, I, I don't think that's a good idea. No, no, no. This I don't a real push-up too, all the way, hands off the ground with chest, and then all the way up extended. I don't think this is a good idea. I I and that's I'm not just sure an idea. Okay. I'll, I'll throw five bucks maybe, at it. I'll tell you what, maybe later in the show. I'll do your <laughs> your uh Harry Carey thing. And maybe later on. Yeah, and then I'll <laughs> I'll describe it as Harry Carey. It's a tease. <laughs> I'll do maybe I'll do one Harry. one push-up for you later. Yeah, one. I'm betting on a half. Yeah. <laughs> no need. If I do it, will you unbutton that shirt? Sure, I will. Deal. Okay, thanks. Deal. All right, we'll That's see. That's very good. All right, so uh, these guys got their uh, their uh, virtual telecast Friday, Friday coming up tomorrow. Padres and Giants, as I say. I don't know why I say the team. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares that they're playing the Giants, but that's uh, it's just an opportunity to see you two do you two things. Uh, 5.30 online on all the different uh, platforms. And then, this is new this week, right? It'll be replayed at 8.30 tomorrow night on Fox Sports San Diego. You'll be back on television, guys. We're back on TV. We're excited about it. It's going to be fun. That's you know a big the, deal. The reaction. There it is right there. Friar Friday. The reaction. What's up with your face? I'm just being cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought In that fact, was you trying to be sexy. You know, I thought that was your, you know, I'm hot look. It's not a good look. I got it going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, it looks good all right yeah we're looking forward to it we're excited about it and, yeah, and as you mentioned the pitching matchups could be very good yeah and you <laughs> know what after remember donnie last one and, and jesse you know this after the last one we did the reaction of people that watched i mean it goes to show you how i mean just to watch a baseball game talk baseball is what everybody's missing yeah we're all, we're all no. missing it so it's a good way to interact with the fans well, Don was very subtle about it, but that that Emmy right behind him actually is oh. from that game last week. That's it is. Yes, we we wanted Emmy. It was terrific. And we look to win another Emmy tomorrow night. We're very yeah. excited about that. And Donnie, well. I got a question. What's that other award right next to it? The one with the like straw stuff. <laughs> what what award is that? Is that from, like the uh, Iowa I, Farmers Convention. It's actually not real. It's part of the staging of the studio that was put oh, together. Really? So yeah, none of this stuff is actually real. There's nothing behind me, really. It's a green screen. <laughs> digital. It's a yeah. digital Emmy. Yeah. Virtual room. That's all it is. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Speaking of video games, Fernando Tatis Jr. was back in action last night as part of the uh, MLB The Show Players League. Uh, he went two and two, I believe, in his games. I uh, got a couple of good highlights uh, from Fernando. He, he looked like he was a little bit more locked in than he was on mm. Sunday for his first few games. He was taking it very seriously last night. He still, of course, managed to have some fun. Check this out. Breaking ball right there. Good pitch. But if he wants to get no. a swing at it, he'll have to bring it in a little bit no. closer to the strike zone. Well, this is pulled in by the shortstop. Go ahead of there. So now we have a safe situation. Now you see? Sorry about it. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Ding, ding, ding. 
Oh my, this ball is crushed. Where will this one end up? And it's gone. This one is launched. Look at this. Oh. And gone. Dagi, dagi. Dagi, dagi, rumba. Last breath for the Tigers. Swing and a miss. He struck him out, and that'll do it here as the ball game is over. First of all, he's got Kirby in in a six-run game, so you know he's not messing around at all. He he no. wants W more than anything else. Uh, I like the ding, ding, ding uh, mm-hmm. for the for the home game where they ring the bell afterwards. And Mud, second week in a row now, uh, we've seen him drop uh, sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, didn't last week he dropped also a, a piece of mojado on one of his own home runs, which I yeah, thought nice. was which I thought was very, very cool. Stealing all your smack. <laughs> <laughs> I think he used something from all of us, by the way, last week. Nice. Uh, somebody pointed that out on Twitter. He had something from everybody. I think what did uh, he use from uh, your smack, Jesse? You uh, he did a Manny being Manny. Okay. Don loves. And then yeah. Donnie, what did he I, I didn't hear what did he use from Donnie? Anybody uh, know? I remember it was Sunday. I'll, I'll did he just lay me. out? Did he just lay out? <laughs> That's his best Donnie stuff. Just, just shut Hopefully up. He was down by way of the K or in the midst of a meeting with himself. Something. <laughs> I'll I'll go back and find it. Somebody tweeted at me last week or on Sunday. Okay, so I'll, cool. I'll go back and find it. But anyway, he's uh, doing great. Uh, at one point, uh, he was locked up with Hunter Pence, who's back with the Giants, by the way. Easy to forget because we haven't actually seen real baseball in like a month now. Uh, Robert Flores, who will join us later in the show, was also involved in that from MLB Network. He was kind of kicking stuff around. This was cool, though, because Pence played for Jace Tingler uh, in the Dominican last year. And so he gave Fernando a little bit of a scouting report on Tatis's new manager. Tingler is my, like, I love that guy. Your manager, he's amazing. <laughs> it's a great guy. You're going to have a good time. What makes, him, what makes him special? What makes him special, Hunter? Man, you just got to spend some time with him. Hold on. I got to pause for this question. This guy last year was going to manage in the Dominican Republic. He was yeah. learning Spanish. He would wake up at like seven in the morning, practice jujitsu. He would be the first one at the ballpark, like talking, like practicing Spanish literally every day with all of our, our Latin players. And then he, he just came with such good information as an outfield and base coach. Like he gave us so many things that helped us win games. It was incredible. Like I think we were one of the best base stealing teams in the game last year, and it was all Jace Taylor. Just prepared, wow. passionate, loving, incredible guy. That's Hunter Pence talking about Jace Tingler in Texas last year with the Rangers. Don, I don't know that there's anything I like hearing more than a player trying to give credit to a member of the coaching staff for a handful of wins. Yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. I mean, you don't hear a lot of managers who have done well uh, in Major League Baseball get that kind of uh, kudos from their players. So uh, that's really a ringing endorsement. That's exciting and really looking forward to seeing Jace actually manage. You know, he gets to see spring training, but obviously, you know, spring training is not nearly what you're going to see during the regular season from a strategy standpoint. But it really did seem like his communication level, which is everything now for Major League managers, was very, very good with everybody. You know, the younger guys, the veterans, it seemed like it was really going well, unfortunately. Mud from a standpoint of like hearing a, a player say that about yeah. a guy in the coaching staff, like I said, very unusual. Absolutely. And you know, I, and I'll, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, you know what? I was kind of skeptical when his name was, uh, when he was named manager of the Padres, but you know what though? I'm all about giving a guy a chance. He's a, a good baseball guy. And, and, and Don and, and Jesse and I, uh, being in spring training for the time that we were there, got a chance to talk to Jace each and every day. And I love the guy. And like Don said, a ringing endorsement from Hunter uh, Pence. So you got to root for the guy. And you know what? He's got that. He's he's such a, a, a nice guy. Uh, but you could tell just by his interviews with the press in the morning when we had the pressers outside in Peoria, he's very intense, very uh, in uh, in tune with what's going on with each individual player. And he has an intensity that once you get to know him, that it really comes through. And I, I mean, he, he wants the best from his players. He's going to get the best, the most out of his players. And I think through time, get that respect from guys. And that's why I think hopefully they, they follow suit and, and play well uh, when, when they get back to playing. But I'm a big fan. I'm a really big fan. 
And, but one uh, thing I noticed about spring training, too, I'll just say this. I've watched a lot of spring trainings. This will be my 20th season uh, in the majors, watching spring trainings and how different, yeah, whatever. Uh, managers uh, 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 conduct spring training and how it goes. Yeah. I've never seen a manager bounce around from field to field to different things and, and run different instructions um, the bounce way around. he did. I was really impressed with the way he ran spring training from yeah. a manager standpoint because you could tell this guy has done so many different things in Major League Baseball as a coach, as an instructor, probably run spring training in other areas as a coordinator. He took all of that but continued to do it as a manager. Yeah. I was very impressed. And you know, Don, I'll, I just want to elaborate on that. You, you, you've been around the game a long time. Jesse's been around long, uh, a long time as well. You, you know when guys and you know when guys are phony. Okay, this is not a guy who's phony because he doesn't. When we're talking, I'm pointing to you, Don. Uh, one word: Fugazi. Fugazi. Yeah. But you know, there, there are even guys. There are guys like uh, when you spend time alone with them, they still, you know, put on that act or whatever. But Jace is very uh, particular very um uh, locked into when he's talking to you one-on-one -on -one. um he, he doesn't try to impress you with you know big words whatever it's all by action and he displayed that on the field he did that in his Which is a really important thing if he's talking to you what's that, <laughs> what's Actually, that? i think Parler told him when you talk to Grant, no big words. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Word yeah. really short. Yeah. Well, bring I, pictures. One of the yeah. other. <laughs> Coloring book. Yeah. But you know, though, he, 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 um, actions speak louder than words, man. And you know what? He's very simple, easy to talk to, loves the game. And I tell you, his actions on the field, working with the players. And Bobby Dickerson, too, is another one who's very, very intense. So I think that's going to, I think that's going to carry over to the players. I think everybody's getting up, but jujitsu, by the way. Yeah, I, mean, I want to Kapler's push-ups. I want to see. A, I want to see a bench clearing so we can see Jace Tingler in action. Well, that's the that's the good story. And Kevin Acey wrote about it in the UT towards the start of spring training, maybe even before we got there. Uh, that that Rugnet Odor Joey Bats brawl a couple of years ago with the Rangers and the Blue Jays. You know, when he punched him in the face at second base. Uh, if you go back and watch the video, you can sort of see Jace Tingler was on the coaching staff of the Rangers at the time. Was quite literally the very first guy out of the dugout, like for either team running out there, um, you know, and, and it's not usually the coaches, I feel like, who were the first ones uh, out, of, out of the dugout in a situation like that. And the story that Kevin wrote about that I, I thought was really a pretty good insight into uh, Jace's personality, the way he was brought up. We, we've heard a lot about how both his parents were coaches, um, but I think the picture painted by Kevin in the story was that his mom, Jace's mom, was like really the intense one. Uh, and I guess there was some incident when Jace was playing youth baseball, there was a, a benches clearing brawl, whatever it was. And, uh, they get in the car after the game and apparently Jace's mom like had her head down or she was really upset. And it, she eventually just turns around to the backseat. She looks at Jace and she says, the next time something like that happens, you better be the first one on the field. And I mean, it's like, Whoa, you know, you hear that from your mom in the car and you definitely get a little sense of that being around Jace. Love yeah, it when your mom's a gamer, man, and wanting you to want you to scrap with the other guys. Or she's a real scrapper. That's awesome. <laughs> there's definitely an intensity there. Uh, yeah. There's definitely an intensity there. All right, I think everybody's getting a, a pretty good taste of what the two of you bring uh, to this show. Uh, to Not your much. Podcast. Obviously, we all we all know about that. But we did have some fun. Uh, Cole and and Shannon and and the production people they went back and they just put together a little highlight of uh, your visit with us here last Thursday. It never lets up. I mean, from the moment no, no, I walk in fun. there, he's got something to say. I mean, it's like you walk into the booth and you're saying, okay, what am I wearing today? Oh, he's going to get on me about that. I like to, I like to push the envelope. I want to like buy a car from you. You well, <laughs> Like it's been two days since I've shaved. Oh, you know, did you lose your razor there, fatty? Yeah. Oh, I want my shoes. My shoes I wear. Oh, yeah. How long does a doctor say you have to wear those? Oh. As long as you got to wear those Dr. Schultz uh, <laughs> shoes you got working over there. How many more weeks the doctor say you got to wear those? Doctor Straight said. out of the Peter Boyle Young Frankenstein <laughs> collection right here. Show everybody. I like my shoes. Do you? That's shoes. great. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. shoes. exaggerated. They're not medical shoes. They look like a NASCAR pit crew over there, don't they? With the headsets and the sunglasses, and they got their little logo shirts yeah. on. We've gone after some other broadcast teams live over the last couple of years. I listen to Jeff Francoeur talk for all nine innings. <laughs> Nobody else gets to. Chip, Frenchie, and Glavin. Glavin, yeah. And Glavin. Tom Glavin nods yeah. every now and again, like he's doing right now, and says, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs>
gosh, it's like they're sitting over there. We we showed their booth, and it's like they're, they're trying to, you know, figure yeah. out the formula for, you know, <laughs> split me out. What formula is that that you're familiar with? <laughs> the law of relativity or whatever it is. Over there? Yeah. They're all business. No fun. No fun zone. <laughs> that way. No fun. If you want no fun over there. Boring. <laughs> Boring. Boring. <laughs> Boring. No fun. Boring. <laughs> the thing is, the jokes are so repetitive. It's just, but, uh, they never, but they never get old. Um, so, uh, <laughs> some some can get a little old. Tired. Yours. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, very good. Very nice. <laughs> By the way, Donnie, what, went back what shoes are you wearing right now? What am I? What? What shoes are you wearing right now? What, what, what do you think? What do you think? Low, let me see. I got boat shoes. Yeah. Boat shoes. Yep. It's my look. It's what I am. This is what I wear. I it's shoes. comfortable. I'm always ready to be on a boat. Even though I can't be currently, I'm yeah. ready for a boat. I'm a big boat shoe guy. I love boat shoes. Very comfortable. Very. Look very practical. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a matching belt? Do you accessorize? You got the belt? I do. Yes, hey, I you used to work in retail, you know. Let me yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. How much of that belt is worn out? Oh, <laughs> whoa. Look at near the buckle and near the loop. How it's like worn out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, on the right, on your left side there by the left side. Go left. Over here? <laughs> well, I don't see a problem with this. You better clear off some space for another Emmy. That's all I got to say. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's really it's really worn out on the left side. That means you had to go bigger on the belt. I, I don't think so. I think so. I disagree. And those you and belts belt in your pointer. Uh, Save it. <laughs> Muddy, you wearing your boat shoes? <clears throat> oh, God. <laughs> Why am I not shocked? Oh, God, they haven't been washed in weeks. Oh, oh God. Right, we got it. We got it. We got the picture. We got hey, it. I imagine the smell. Hey, Flip-flops, oh. barefoot. That's what I'm all about. Southern yeah. California lifestyle. Yeah, I'm not even going to ask about the belt because who knows? I mean, we don't really know now. It's got Padre shorts on. Oof. Dry fit. Okay, okay good. That's his thing. All right, we're going to move on from this before it gets... Uh, before really? It, Why? It's it so good. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I said this last week, too, but, like, the absurd and, I guess, sad reality is if the three of us were, like, at one of our houses, like, if we were hanging out at Donnie's house right now on the Nod, like, this is basically the exact way yeah. the conversation would be going. Yeah. yeah, if we were not doing this, like, on uh, social media, this is what we would be doing. I mean, this is <laughs> pretty much a regular conversation. Yeah, we'd be six feet apart. Susie Butcher. Hey, Susie. Hey, Su uh, Susie is a longtime Padre fan, obviously, a Madre, and she is a Navy nurse, and we appreciate her uh, service to our country. She's been in the Navy for many, 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 many years. Love Susie. Wonderful person. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to get back to baseball. We do have quarantine news in terms of, like, the bubble idea in Arizona, that kind of stuff. And, and this is a very fair question. It's something that's been kicked around a lot. Uh, the last little bit, Glenn says, hey, how could you create atmosphere for TV games in empty stadium? You have uh, the music, obviously, organ, uh, crowd noise and everything like that. Before I get into one of the answers to that question, uh, Don Mudd, for you two guys, I mean, I'm sure you've envisioned or imagined the possibility of doing games without fans there. Don, maybe give everybody a little bit of a sense of like how odd you think that might be for, for you guys, for us. I think it'll be very odd. I do think it would help a great deal if we did have uh, normal crowd effects in our headset so that even though we were not seeing the fans perhaps stand and whatnot, at least it would be on the broadcast. And, it, you know, as far as how we do our jobs, as far as uh, delivery and cadence and things like that, it actually is based on the crowd sound a lot. At least mm -hmm. it is for me in my own headset. So yeah. uh, there are a lot of times, uh, especially when I was working on the East Coast, where it was uh, you wouldn't have the window open in April and May to begin the year, and we would have the windows closed. So you'd actually be in a closed room and couldn't hear the crowd. So I would always have the crowd mic kind of jacked up a little bit to help me uh, what it was like to be in the stand. So mm -hmm. I, I, I would, per from a personal standpoint, us doing the games, I would like to have that. And I think the fans at home probably would like to have that as well. It doesn't have to be real, um, but I, I really think it would be so important as, as far as playing, I think, is, is so important. 
I think they should pipe in crowd music over the loudspeakers at the ballpark. Uh, Don makes a good point as far as, you know, in your ears. There's a there's a thing that Don was talking about. We have effects. Hey, can you turn it up? Can you turn it down in your ear? I like to have effects of the crowd in my in my ears. But I think even if there's no fans, and I know if it's if it's going to be at a neutral site, you have two teams, have crowd noise piped in of cheering for both teams while they're there. Why not? Because it would be really weird. And I know we've made jokes about this as far as, you know, as a broadcaster learn over the years, as far as laying out for big moments, like a big home run or something, you know, laying out for 30 seconds or 45 seconds to let the crowd, so you can show the crowd. It'd be really weird if somebody hits a big home run and you just lay out and you don't hear anything. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I have no problem. You know, you gotta be creative. And I think overseas, aren't they doing some uh, like in Taiwan? I saw that to where they're yeah. piping, piping in crowd music over the over the speakers. Yeah, so they are. So we've talked kind of half seriously about robot fans, and you're exactly right. It's the uh, Chinese Professional Baseball League in Taiwan, and I know Mud, you actually spent a little time over there uh, when you were pitching. I did. Um, so people probably seen these pictures going around on online. You know, they've got the robots, some of whom play drums, by the way, which is pretty intense. <laughs> You know, trying to create some sort of atmosphere. They have these, you know, three-dimensional mannequin-type figures in the crowd just to give some sense of it. Um, but an interesting little bit of, a bit of technology is a company out of Toronto called Champ Tracks Technologies. And uh, they've got a new product that they're testing out right now because of everything going on in the world. I think they're calling it Hear Me Cheer. And what it is, basically, there will be an app on your phone. So let's say, you know, you're sitting at home on your couch watching the game on TV. There's no fans there. And you open up the app. And you can record yourself cheering into the app. And then it all like funnels into their system or their computer. And it puts together everybody cheering. They sort of equalized, you know, the volume to make sure that there's, uh, you know, like a, a normal volume level, I guess, for everybody put together. They make sure that nobody's doing anything profane or that's not family friendly. And then they're able to use that on a telecast. So that's something they're testing out right now. Um, but I think that's like kind of a cool idea and a neat way to make this potentially interactive that, you know, like uh, Terry or Susie sitting on their couches here in San Diego, they'd be like, you know, oh, we love you, Fernando, or something like that. And it could uh, it could pop up on as part of the telecast. That'd be pretty neat. I think it's brilliant. I really it's do. It's like a more uh, authentic like thing, like too. It. Yeah. You know, as opposed well, to just it, making it, noise it, and it, random stuff. It's so. having the fans being interactive. Uh, and we know there's a lot of fans who love to get away from the, the house and, and go to a ball game. It's their way to watch the game and also be interactive. Now, you know, there are a lot, there's, there's a lot of people who scream and yell at the TV, um, you know, whether it's positive, negative, or whatever the case may be. So why not scream into the uh, app and then send it and uh, be part of the crowd noise uh, of the game that you're watching? So I, I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, Eileen, I, yes, we I, can I, see the message. I just think playing the games is so important. I mean, I think from a rating standpoint, how big they would be right now to have oh, some yeah. sort of live sports going on would be huge. Um, I know there are a lot of uh, hoops to get through and a lot of obstacles and things that they've got to do. And I guess, you know, certainly from what everything we've read and heard, uh, they have to wait for the CDC to, to really clear it, make sure that it's something they can do. Uh, but I'm hopeful that they do do it. I think it would be terrific for the sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you said, very complicated. Uh, it does not necessarily sound like the league and the players are financially at this moment on the same page, but plenty of time to get there. Uh, you know, those conversations and, and those negotiations as they would be obviously uh, can take place because I, I think both sides do want to play if possible. As you said, uh, just judging from what we've heard most recently from both Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, we're probably a little bit cart before the horse right now. You know, these ideas that have been out there and spoken about, seems like everybody's trying to pump the brakes a little bit. Got to get the health thing a bit more under control, figured out. We got to learn more about what's going on uh, from a virus standpoint uh, before that stuff could become a reality. But they definitely want to try and do it. And I, I think everybody understands why. Hey, Jesse, if I could just elaborate regarding the Taiwan League, the Japanese, yeah. uh, the uh, Chinese Professional Baseball League. I uh, spent a little time over there in 1996. And what I found was, uh, first of all, it was a great experience. And secondly, each player has a cheering section to where they travel. Like if you're, uh, I was in Tainan, which was the President Lions was our team. And President is a company that sponsored the team. So we were the Lions. So if we would go to Taipei and play, they would actually have fans that were paid by the club might have been five bucks, 10 bucks a game, whatever the case may be. They would travel to ta uh, Taipei with us, have their own section, and they would have chants and cheers for each individual player when they came up to the plate. And there was a guy, a ringleader out there, who had a microphone and a little <laughs> and a little speaker that he would hang out, that he would hang out there so everybody can hear. So when you're in the dugout and they're out in left field, you're on the road, 
my my uh, my uh, Taiwan name was Suka Chin, which means what which meant was given to me by the owner, which meant hardworking and diligent. So how about that? Boy, did I have them fooled. Yeah. So I would be good. Yeah. I'd strike somebody out, and you could hear the guy in the background, Suka Chin, Suka Chin, Suka Chin. People would be yelling and screaming. And, Should have been a lot of home runs, a lot of home runs. <laughs> But I thought it was very cool. I thought it was really, really no, cool. It, it is cool. They do the same thing at Tokyo Dome in Japan. Yeah. Uh, we opened the season there in 2008, and it was so different just to see the different sections. A guy comes up, and all of a sudden, that entire section is standing. You're like, yep. what is going on? It took a little while to get used to, but it is fun. Well, I remember, too, uh, Warren Cromartie, who played you know, for the Expos in the uh, early 80s. He spent a lot of time playing professionally in Japan. I used to work with him a little bit, and uh, he said, which is the thing I didn't know at the time, every guy – they came to bat at his home stadium. They had like a song custom for him and they would sing the song as he came up, you know, in addition to just the chant, he had like his, and he played it for me, like his own individual song they created uh, that just adds to the atmosphere. I, I've never been to a game over there. You guys both have, I would love to someday. It just sounds like, fun. yeah, it's it'd be really, really cool. cool. It's very different. You know, it's, it's very festive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Festive is good. We like festive. Yeah. They got cheerleaders too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's part of who's been making the crowd noise in these games, you know, in, in Taiwan. When you hear some cheering on the highlights, uh, it's the actual cheerleaders uh, being very literal with their jobs uh, in this particular circumstance. All right. So, you know, we said we'll see what happens in terms of a season and everything like that. I thought there was a really, really interesting uh, point made today. Uh, Maury Brown, who covers sports business for Forbes, a uh, really good follow on Twitter. Also, he he dives into stuff kind of next level from a business standpoint. And he brought up what I thought was a very interesting possibility. He goes, look, Major League Baseball, like all the sports leagues, probably even in a best case scenario, are going to lose quite a bit of money this year uh, just because of the way everything is shaken out. And he brought up the possibility of expansion. And the reason he did that was you're going to make money from expansion if you're Major League Baseball. If you're one of these owners and you're losing money, that's a very good, I don't want to say get rich quick scheme because they're all wealthy, obviously, but it's a pretty quick infusion of cash. So if you're going to lose some money, here's a very easy way to make back some money. And he went back to a conversation that he had in the mid nineties with Faye Vincent and Faye Vincent, the commissioner or the former commissioner at that time said plainly that, yeah, um, part of the reason, and maybe even a big part of the reason why you had the Marlins and the Rockies in 93 and then Tampa Bay and the Diamondbacks uh, in 98 come in as part of expansion was the owners were trying to make back some of the money that they had to pay out as part of the collusion suit. With the player association it was a way for them to make back money very quickly so it's a little bit of kind of like a three steps ahead sort of thing and i'm certainly not saying that expansion is eminent but i thought it was a very fascinating point something to keep in mind here uh because that would be a way uh, for these baseball owners to recoup some of their losses uh because there would be expansion fees that, that have to be paid kind of an interesting thought i think it's very interesting and in and, and talking to rob manford last year we had him on a couple times and you know he talked about wanting 32 teams was something that he wanted to see in the near future uh but but first had to take care of the tampa bay stadium situation and the oakland stadium situation those were two things that were kind of hampering uh, hampering them from getting to the 32 teams but that'd be very interesting to say like the montreal's perhaps Vegas, Portland, who knows who else would be involved in that situation. But I think really they have to think of ways that they're going to be able to recoup this money. Uh, Because quite honestly, in this situation right now, my understanding is that without fans in the seats and coming to the stadium, ownership would lose two thirds of what they normally would get as part of their revenue. Now, a third of that would likely be TV rights, which is us. So uh, the games would be on TV, obviously, if you're playing in front of fans, but that's a third. Now, if if you're going to have to pay the players uh, all of their money or part of their money, it's going to be a pretty huge loss across the board. And they've got to think outside the box. And I think in this opportunity, for the first time, you really can think outside the box. I love some of the ideas that have come out. The Cactus League being one league, uh, the Grapefruit League being another. I think all these ideas are exciting for baseball and makes this year different. Hey, this year is going to be different no matter what. Why not do some of this stuff? I agree with Donnie, and I like the idea of the Cactus and the Grapefruit League. And if we get back to baseball and the expansion, I'm a big proponent because I played there in Montreal uh, as a visiting player. Loved going there. And I think with Toronto being the only team right now to have two teams north of the border, I think would be key again. Um, It's interesting, though, the other choices, you know, San Antonio, Charlotte, Nashville, uh, Portland, of course. Charlotte's interesting. Uh, One of the um, most – Growing communities, cities on the East Coast. Uh, Nashville is definitely a uh, 
a go-to city as well with a lot happening there. And, you know, if they do go to 32 teams, I, I, I'd like your guys' opinions on this. I think they got to blow the whole thing up as far as divisions and realign to where it's like Donnie always makes the good point. You know, Anaheim Stadium where the Angels play, we go by there, what, six times a year, and we play once every six years, it seems like. It's crazy. So, yeah, it, it is crazy. So by having 32 teams, blow up the divisions to where it's geographically logical to where, you know, certain teams are in certain divisions and not having the unbalanced schedule. For the love of Pete, would somebody <laughs> please get rid of the unbalanced schedule? Playing the Dodgers 18, 19 times in one season is way too much. And I'm not saying that because, you know, the Dodgers have won all those years and and uh, won a lot of games and we, you know, have to battle against those. those but I just am not a fan. Go back to the balanced schedule to where it's more even out. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys are both exactly right. Manfred's been on the record many times saying he wants to get to 32 teams, but figure out Tampa and Oakland first. Perhaps that changes a little bit because of the finances of the, the current situation. And again, we're talking about baseball money. Uh, we, we know that's not the most important thing in the world right now, but it's a baseball show. So we're just kind of rolling with it a little bit right here. Uh, and And so we'll see. You're right. I, I think mud in terms of geography and everything like that, they've even hinted at that, that, you know, if and when they get to 32, they probably will blow up the American League and National League as we know them. They might keep the names, but it really probably would go to a West East sort of thing overall, uh, because like you said, you can make the travel a little bit more easy. Be interesting to see what the schedule will be, because if you're trying to make geography such a big thing, maybe you would still play those teams a lot more and only go east once or twice a year. But either way, I mean, that's all stuff that's a possibility. So let, let me throw it at both of you, and we'll start with Mud. You mentioned Montreal and loving that. If I gave you two expansion cities, you can pick any ones you want. Uh, Mud, you're taking Montreal, and what else? I'm going to take Montreal, and I will take um, – I think, you know, I look at the West Coast. I think we've got plenty of teams on the West Coast. You know what? I would <sighs> – Add another one in Texas, maybe, uh, because we got so many in the big state of California. Have another one in Texas, maybe. Set, but I would, I would narrow it down to San Antonio and Nashville. Okay, Donnie. I'm going Montreal and I'm going Vegas. Uh, I love what the Golden Knights have done in the NHL in Vegas. I, I think that it would be a great place for them. Montreal speaks for itself. I, I can't believe that baseball actually ever left Montreal, to be honest with you. But um, I understand their stadium situation. Things were not great there at the time. Um, but I, I think Vegas would be my other pick. And I, I really think it could work. I really do. And I, I love the whole geographical type thing. Uh, you know, add Seattle to us. Uh, the Angels, the A's, you know, I just think the whole West, it'd be great. And I think it would make for some great rivalries as well. I think the one thing that I've noticed personally uh, from a travel standpoint and changing teams and changing coasts, the teams on the East Coast come to the West twice a year. You get your schedule and you say, geez, why don't we go into the West Coast teams, play the Angels, uh, the A's? You know, why, why are we going out there? OK, it's only twice for us with the Padres. I mean, we go back five, six times a year. Now, the other thing is, I used to think Chicago is in the middle. It's not. It's an East Coast city. I mean, that's a pretty long trip. So, I mean, you're making a lot more trips here as a West Coast team than you are in the East. I just think it's unfair. I really do. The time change uh, and to have to do it so often, I think, is unfair. So, I really think that the realigning these divisions is, is a must. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Jesse, I want to clarify because I threw out three teams there. But Montreal, I want, and Nashville. Those are my two teams. Okay, you'll take that. But I like the idea of Vegas, though, Donnie, since, uh, you know, the, the Raiders are going there. Yeah, I mean, it's up and coming as far as Major League teams go. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree on Montreal with both you guys. I think most everybody in baseball would love to see. It was a great baseball town. Uh, they just got put in a terrible situation because of ownership and stadium and everything you guys alluded to. The other one, I, for me, it's a, a, a toss-up, I guess, between Vegas. Don, I agree. It's up and coming. We've seen what's gone on with hockey there. The Raiders stadium looks incredible. It'll open this year. Uh, or Portland. You know, I think it would be nice yep. to give Seattle a team that wasn't like four hours away. Uh, you talk about unfair travel. I mean, yeah. what the Mariners have to go through, Don, is unlike any other team in sports. It's ridiculous. Their closest team is two hours and 20 minutes, and that's the Oakland A's. And the other thing is in their division, in their division, and we talked about divisions where you play teams 18, 19 times a year, they have the Rangers and they have the Astros. The oh. amazing part about it is, okay, you say, all right, well, geographically, those guys aren't all that far away. Well, here's the thing. They very rarely go there and play them back to back on the same trip. They go back and forth to play one series and then go someplace else and then come back to play the other team. Uh, very rarely do they go back to back. So their travel schedule off the charts like nobody else's. It's really yeah, every year. I played in right. Seattle in 92. So Donald's right. Oakland is south 
And then yeah. to the east, the closest is Minnesota. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> it is. That's crazy. Yeah. So it'd be nice to hook up the Mariners with a, a geographical rival. And, you know, it's kind of a, a cool city, point. Portland. I've never been, but I've only heard, you know, great things about it. I, I know they've got a kind of a riverfront, you know, waterfront area that, that would certainly look nice with a, I don't know, 34, 35,000 seat ballpark uh, right next to it. All right. So kind of an interesting conversation and a theory being uh, floated out there today, uh, perhaps a way for the league to recoup some money in the next few years if they were to sort of uh, ramp up expansion talks sooner rather than later. Had an opportunity earlier this afternoon to catch up with Robert Flores of MLB Network. Uh, they've been doing MLB Central stuff uh, online Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. He's also, as we mentioned, been a big part of the, the show, uh, Players Tournament, with a video game, uh, including last night with Fernando Tatis and Hunter Pence. Had a great opportunity to catch up with him this afternoon and discuss all of that. Robert, really do appreciate the time. Great to see you. Been uh, watching you a lot online lately, it seems like. You've been in the center of a lot of fun going on, including the MLB The Show Players League. Yeah. Let's start here. What's like the range of gamer you've seen from these professional baseball players top to bottom? I think it's a little bit, it kind of it crosses all spectrums, right? I think you do have some players that are inexperienced and they're not very well-versed in the game, but they have been playing it a lot more especially leading up to the event. And now once the event is ongoing and then there's the other end of the spectrum where you do see a lot of guys that are, uh, they are hard hitting gamers. They're very familiar with this particular game and they play it a lot. What do we make of the fact that uh, these guys are kind of looked at, I guess, on the outside as professional athletes and they shouldn't be able to do this. They should be having other activities but all of a sudden you put someone with like elite hand-eye coordination into the digital world and you get a pretty good sense of just how special these guys are as human beings. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's always interesting. I, I, I think it may have been Joey Gallo that said uh, early on in the tournament that he thinks position players might have a bit of an advantage against pitchers in this uh, particular league because uh, offensively, uh, he's, he, as he put it, position players, they're used to uh, trying to pick up pitches, trying to notice a particular pitch pattern. So, I mean, I guess the same could be said vice versa, but I thought that was very interesting. And I'm always trying to pick their brains on what kind of real world knowledge, real life knowledge that they have. Can they bring that to the digital space? Can they bring that to the game? And and some of them say, yeah, I can. But then, there, then the others are like, look, there's some things that 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 I, that you do during real life that just don't apply, but it's still a fascinating contrast. I think for me, one of the most fun fun aspects of it, if not the most fun, is being able to see the guys' personalities a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, Tatis, uh, from the Padres standpoint, is is a standout in that way. But we kind of know that getting to watch him play every day here, uh, but getting to know a little bit more about Amir Garrett, dude, uh, not just oh he used to play basketball at St. John's and he charged the pirate dugout last year, but yeah. kind of seeing him interact. Who were who some of the guys that really stood out to you from a personality standpoint so far? Well, those two right there, uh, Amir Garrett is the most entertaining uh, gamer, I think, to watch. And he's been, he's off to a pretty good start. I think Fernando uh, really got excited when he homered as himself. Um, <laughs> but also Brett Phillips of the Kansas City Royals. I mean, look, he's a guy that if you if you search his, his name, uh, his laugh will come up. So he's got, I think his personality is a little bit of a known commodity, but just a chance for these guys to show a different side of their personality. And the other thing that I like is the interaction that they have with one another, the conversations that they can have while they're playing head to head over the game. I think that's one of the, the interesting things that has come about of the players league. Do you think I'm overstating it? If I say, I think this has been kind of like another critical moment in the unbuckling of baseball from like a showing your personality standpoint. No, I, I think it's I think it's a very significant development. I mean, listen, uh, baseball is a very long season. It is back to back. It's a very difficult. It is a I mean, these guys will tell you, you know, that it's a high stress environment. So anytime that I think that these guys can two things, pull the curtain back a little bit, let fans listen to real conversations against uh, or rather between opponents and what they talk about or head-to-head matchups that they had back in their past, I think that's a win. That's a win for everyone. And as you said, just a chance for the players to show a different side of their personality. Uh, you know, some, some of these players are avid gamers. Some of them are prolific streamers, while others 
this is their really their first chance at something like this. So I, I think it's a it's a win win for everyone. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch last night in particular. Uh, Fernando and Hunter Pence uh, getting into some neat conversations and Pence yeah. uh, talking about seeing Fernando in the Dominican last year and being like, oh, this kid's going to be a stud. Uh, what, what did you take away from from those two guys last night? I, I thought it was I mean, that and, and Hunter is came away very impressed with Fernando Tatis right from the jump. Uh his his recollection of seeing Fernando Tatis Jr. in the uh, in the winter league in the DR was you know basically him saying this kid's uh, ridiculous. He is a physical freak and he's going to set the world on fire. And he wasn't wrong. So I, I think it's those kind of conversations that are really good to for for everyone to hear. And and as I said, just for. For Hunter Pence to have that kind of respect for for an opponent, for someone that he shares a division with, someone that he will compete with very often throughout the season, I think that's a, that's a really cool thing for for us to be able to hear. Robert Flores, MLB Network, has been in the middle of a lot of things uh, in the baseball world right now, doing a great job, of course, uh, both in terms of the gaming stuff, but also the the TV side. So much of what we're all doing is so different, obviously, than it was just a few months ago. Uh, home studios, yours, very nice, by the way. Uh, the Thank video you. game stuff. How much of this do you think we could continue to see, even as things sort of get back to normal? Like, I mean, are, are we still going to be doing some of this stuff, or do you think it's all just sort of temporary? I know that's maybe a deep philosophical question, but curious your take since you've been so much in the middle of it. Yeah, no, I, I think it's something that we could see a lot more of moving forward. I mean, Listen, there are advantages to doing stuff like this for, you know, for the people that are actually doing it. You don't you don't have to leave your house. Uh, there's there's a certain appeal there. Uh, also, I mean, look, it, it, I'm sure that there is a, a certain cost factor that has to be weighed in. Maybe it is a, a little bit more cost effective to do something like this. But um, I, I still can't uh, think that it it is. Uh, I still don't think that it, it is the substitute for being inside a uh, a beautiful stadium, a studio rather. For us, it's either Studio Forty Two or Studio Twenty One or Studio Three. I mean, it is. Uh, it's well lit. It's professionally lit. It's built for a TV broadcast. So I still think that that's going to be the mainstay. But yeah, I mean. Under very difficult circumstances, we've had to be very nimble and creative. And I'm sure that some of these things will carry over once we get back to normal. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious to somebody also in the industry how it's all going to look and sound, I guess, yeah. on the other side. And hopefully as normal as possible. But, you know, that's kind of geeky that I'm interested in. Uh, best thing you've watched in the last couple of weeks does not have to be baseball or sports related. It can be. But uh, what, what what's had your attention lately? Ooh, man, that's a really good one. Um, we're just trying to throw out ideas for people. Yeah, no, I, I, everyone's all over Tiger King, yeah. right? Um, I, I've watched a really a bunch of cool documentaries on the WWE Network. I mean, people that follow me know that I'm a wrestling nerd. Uh, so uh, that there's been some good stuff I'm watching on WWE Network. Uh, I, I I still got a lot of room. I still got a lot of headway to make on my uh, my DVR. I'm, I've still got way too much uh, stuff there, but I'll probably dive into uh, you know. The Flash or some of these other superhero series on the on the CW. So, uh, but but those those two things have, have definitely caught my attention. Greatest wrestler of all time. Uh, for me, it's a couple. It's uh, it, it's it's Ric Flair and then Shawn Michaels. Those kind of like one and one A. I, I think those are uh, th those two are my guys. And also, I would have to throw Sting in there too. I'm, I was always a big Sting fan. Those WCW days, if memory serves. Yeah, I mean, I back in the day, I would prefer to I preferred WCW to the WWE. But uh, you know, I grew up in the South. You know, I was probably an NWA kid uh, growing up, so I was a little partial to WCW. That's uh, almost the extent of my wrestling knowledge. So I'm not going to try and uh, fake it any longer <laughs> than that. But I do remember Sting for whatever reason. Green and black, maybe I don't know. Yeah, uh, good stuff, man. Really appreciate it. Keep up all the awesome work you've. Uh, uh, helped us move time forward a little bit here with uh, the great content on, on TV and online, especially stay healthy. And thanks again for the time. Hey, thanks for having me. And hopefully we get back to playing some games really soon. Robert Flores, MLB Network. Big thanks again uh, for, for joining us earlier this afternoon. I'm going to bring back Don and Mud right now. Uh, guys, all three of us, you know, we've spent time obviously interviewing players and trying to help players show off their personalities and doing different things. Um, but Don, you can see it like with these video game things. I mean, it's such a different thing when you get player to player than it is, you know, player to media member or player to broadcaster. 
Yeah, it's almost like they forget what they're doing, and I think that's part of it. I think anytime you set up an interview with a player, uh, they very much you know know the scenario. The lights are on, the cameras on. It, it's different. I mean, this they're just going about playing a game, having fun, being themselves, being a lot more like what they're like away from the ballpark. And uh, I think that part probably has made the setting very easy for them to relax and and really get to show a side of them. And I and I think that's something that the baseball's really. Uh, needs you know I think over the years a lot's been talked about how the other sports some of those guys are more well known and that it seems like baseball players uh, because they play so much there's not a lot of downtime they don't do a great many interviews Uh, you know maybe you don't know them quite as well and I think this is this kind of thing can help that uh, and help these guys because there let me tell you something there's some great personalities in this game and there have been for a long time and many people just don't get to know them. I agree with Donnie. Uh, there's so much to uh, tap into as far as personalities. Guys are always going to be guarded. I mean, we're guarded whenever we have an interview. I mean, yeah. it's just the way it is. There's still a way to have your personality thrown out there. And, and Don's right. I mean, I played with a lot of guys that, my goodness, that, you know, part of the love of the game is not only competing and putting on the uniform, but going to spend a, a day with, like, John Cruck. We were teammates in San Diego and just, I mean, just – <laughs> to have those personalities and you know, to have guys mic'd up, whatever. And once again, it all boils down to they're, they're all going to be guarded, but still, you can still be guarded and give some uh, views to the fans about what you're all about and what you like. And it just doesn't have to be baseball. It could be, it could be a number of things. So I think we need more of that. People know that Fernando Tatis Jr. can throw the ball from here to, you know, to Arizona State line. They know that he can run with the best of them. They know that he can hit a home run and hit for average. There's a lot of stuff they don't know about him and his personality, and it's coming out through these games that we see here. So I think fans need to know that. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. All right, uh, we'll kind of go our rapid fire here towards the end. I saw this video going around online today, though. This uh, is incredible. Uh, Don, he, he made me feel very bad about my skills as an announcer. Uh, it's a kid, I guess. I don't even know how old he is, but he, he seems like a kid in Brazil. And he is doing a soccer-style play-by-play uh, for everyday things going on in his house like now, like people washing their hands. And he is absolutely phenomenal. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. I like his setup too, right there in the kitchen. I love that. That's awesome. He's got a mixing board. He's got his father involved. It's unbelievable. It's great. The thing that sticks out to me is that I assume those are his parents. I, my guess, I, I threw it out there. I don't well, know. Yeah. They may be neighbors. Who knows? How serious they are. They're not even yes. they're not even reacting like it's like he throws out a good line or something. They kind of like chuckle or something. They're just going about their business, washing their hands and doing whatever they have to have to do. That's brilliant. I love that. My guess is he's been doing this a while. I don't think yeah. this is the first day he's yeah. done it. So I, I think they're pretty much used to his act by now. <laughs> it looks like they're sick of it too. I gotta tell you. I think so. <laughs> oh my, that was definitely like the other thing that stood out to me is like they don't react to it in any way, shape, or form. Like it's just a normal part of the existence in that household. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like he's like, like, get it here, you know, with the washing the hands. That's outstanding. Uh, Questo, one of my absolute favorite restaurants uh, in San Diego. Uh, Like a lot of folks doing some great work in the community right now. Uh, I think we have some footage of what they have uh, been able to accomplish. Uh, But some some details for you. Their staff has distributed 10,000 meals uh, to San Diego in need. And earlier today, affected industry members were able to pick up free care packages with ingredients uh, for a very special dinner you see in those bags. They're going to do a Zoom call that actually starts in just a few minutes uh, where they're going to have you put together. I think it's chicken tacos. Uh, I know that because uh, like you guys, I I received a care package today. Thank you very much, Puesto. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to do a Zoom call uh, for people in the industry and uh, show them how to put this food together. Their stuff is always uh, delicious. There you go. Oh, it's Puesto's Chicken Rajas Taco. Uh, there you go. Oh, that's the finished product. Mine's not going to look that good, I assure you. No. Uh, but, and, and a margarita. And nice. a margarita. There were margarita ingredients in, included. Uh, really neat thing. So, Don and Mud, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing your finished products. 
Yeah, we'd like to thank Puesto as well and everybody who is helping in the community right now. And they are uh, some of those people. And we mm-hmm. thank them very much for their generous gift to us tonight. We're looking forward to making it. We thank all of them for what they're doing and all the people providing uh, takeout options for people and, and uh, deliveries. Uh, that's huge for everybody right now in this time. I concur with Don. Thank you very much to all the uh, the industry workers, the restaurant employees, the cooks, everybody, because here's why. And I think Jesse and Don will agree with me. You know, when we want to get away, when times are, when there's some normalcy, we go out to a restaurant, we can just kick back, enjoy our uh, social sparkler and enjoy the great food they prepare. You are the ones that are really busting your tails to make it work for us. So I want to say thank you for all you do. And uh, what you're doing right here is really, really cool. So thank you. You're right. I mean, it's it's such like a simple thing that is missed so much. I mean, how many dinners a year do we all go out to? And, you know, you just sit there, you have great conversation, great food. Someone tells you to have a good night. And it's just uh, one of those things. And and that's something that we haven't been able to have lately. All right. One more reminder with these guys tomorrow at 530 uh, social hour. We go Monday through Thursday and then the pros take over on Fridays Uh, for the big broadcast tomorrow. You can watch it live uh, on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Twitch. Padres and the Giants. Uh, last week, Pods held on for an exciting 6-4 win over the Dodgers. And then uh, beginning tomorrow, these games will also be replayed on Fox Sports San Diego. That will be at 8.30. Speaking of Fox Sports San Diego, uh, they've got another replay from last season coming up tonight as well. This game was just bonkers uh, up in Toronto at Rogers Center. Cal Quantrill would go on to get his first major league win and do so in his hometown. And that was like the 15th most insane thing that happened uh, that game. Uh, Don, Mud, both. I just remember dinger after dinger after dinger. It was crazy. And I just remember watching his parents and and the atmosphere there was incredible. But uh, that was a great game. Look forward to seeing it again. You know, what's neat uh, that sticks out in that series for me is that not only the home runs, but also Josh Naylor's family was there, got to meet them. Uh, Mississauga, right? The Mississauga Masher. Masher. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also remember uh, Calvin Biggio and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Also, yeah. you got to see those youngsters, sons of former big leaguers. So I thought that whole, you know, not only Toronto, I love Toronto. By the way, they don't say the T, it's Toronto. Um, they From Argo? Yeah, from Argo. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, that uh, we got a chance to see the – Don, why are you giving me that look again? Oh, that's right. You don't watch movies. They no, don't watch you, the T. You only watch Fever Pitch and In he, Toronto. The second draw, the second T. The second T, yeah. So anyway, that was a cool experience. Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, Arondo? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You have a lot of useless information. You're like the master of useless information. But you'll be using that information at your next party when we get to go party. Yes. You got to fight for your right to party. I, I think what he was probably most thrown off by was the fact that you were referencing a movie that wasn't made prior to 1986. <laughs> this is true. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like the world just stopped at that yeah. point. They were like, no other movies, no other music, nothing. Just ended. By the like, way, speaking of movies, I mean, how many you guys have been spending a lot of time on Netflix as far as watching uh I got caught up on Ozark, which was great. Great. Love Ozark. Tiger King watched it, binged it. Um Joe's an interesting guy. <laughs> He's got a Kirby, lot going on. <laughs> Curb your enthusiasm. Blew through season 10 of that. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Crickets. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Good for uh, you. Other thing, by the way, my, I was just looking at my that game that, that's on Fox Sports San Diego coming up at 7. Um, Edwin Jackson started that game for the Blue Jays, former Go. Padre, former everybody. Come on. On his 18th best. team. The best part about that, the, my favorite note that I found from my book, uh, Edwin Jackson with the Dodgers in 2003 was teammates with Paul Quantrill, and then he faced Cal. Was it, pretty cool. Didn't uh, Edwin Jackson start the 1968 All-Star game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because he, he and Doc Ellis. He and Doc Ellis, yeah. 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 There you go. Um, all right. I think that's uh, all the promotional material we've got. That is the end of the week of Padres Social Hour. It's a joy to end it with you guys. Is this going to be a thing, by the way? Are you are you here every Thursday, the two of you? I don't know. I'm available. I'm, <laughs> let me check my calendar. Yeah. I'm good. All right. I'm, well, I, I, I'm enjoying it, and I, I know everybody else is too. So, well, just we know you. We know you. I know you work hard to prepare for these. You do it Monday through Thursday. So, thanks for uh, you doing that because I know the Friar faithful love it. And Donnie, always good to see. You. Are you going to do those push-ups? Uh, oh yeah. 
All right. Let me hear you. Donner (laughs) Soro. Hey, come on, Don, to get down there and do some push-ups. All right, let's see that big, burly, handsome youngster from the East Coast doing some push-ups. Hello again, everybody. Harry Carey here, and we're talking push-ups. We're talking fitness. Everybody, oh, here we go. Oh, look at that belly. The belt's starting to bark. Oh, my gosh. There's a tremor in Coronado. There's one. Oh, that yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look at that physique of Orsillo. All right. I hear his heart pounding all the way out here in East County. Oh, look at, our hair. Look at his face, how red it is. Oh, my gosh. Somebody call the paramedics. Was that three or four? Five. Four, four, four. Four? Yeah, four. All right. Oh, my goodness. My gosh. Ah, you need some resuscitation there, big boy. Apparently, I'm not in good shape. No. All right. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) Uh. Oh.